Our scripture reading this morning comes from John chapter 4, verses 31 through 34. And I'm reading from the NIV um, edition. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now today's message I have titled, The Bravest Prayer, because I truly believe um, that this is a very, very brave prayer. And recently, as I was uh, doing my own personal Bible study and devotion, I was reading through the Gospel of Mark again. And I absolutely love how every single time you read scripture, you know, you pray about it before you, before you read it, and you glean something new out of it. I mean, it's something that you could have read a thousand times. Maybe it hits you differently that one time that you're reading it. My dad always called that hidden manna in the scriptures, where you get to find these little treasures and these things right when you need to hear it or right when you need to know it. And I had one of those profound moments as I was rereading Mark chapter 14. And I want to share this with you, starting in verse 32. It says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. And Matthew 26, verse 42, adds this to clarify. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, May your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And Luke 22 adds this. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. How incredibly desperate these prayers sound. In other words, Jesus prayed three times, not his will, but what God the Father wills. In other words, thy will be done. 
It's incredible, incredible words. Now, to set the scene a little bit, we, have, um, we know from Scripture that Jesus was about to, to go on his journey to the cross. He knew what was about to take place. I can only imagine, just can only imagine what, his, what he was feeling in his heart, how his heart must have been pounding out of his chest because in the description that we have, he was earnestly pleading. He was so overcome with desperation that he fell to the ground. And as he prayed, he was praying even though he knew, he knew what was coming. You know, he prayed, it said that he was overwhelmed with sorrow. That he cried out to God to take this cup from him. But, not my will, Father, what you will. I, and a few times in my life, not to the extent of what Jesus Christ had felt clearly, but have been so deeply distressed and so overcome and crying out so desperately for God. And, and I know that you all have been there too. Pleading for God to take this cup from us. God, please don't let it end up this way. You know, we, um, we all want happy endings. But Jesus knew what was about to come, and again, he says the bravest words of all time, not what I will, but what you will. Whenever I read through this passage, it like buckles my knees every time. So like I said, have you ever had a period in your life where you were so anxious, so scared, so upset, um, so desperate and completely undone in your anguish that you didn't know how you were going to face what was before you. Perhaps it was a bad diagnosis or a loved one dying or perhaps you just lost your job and you have no way of knowing how you're going to provide for your family. Maybe it's not something quite as desperate and that you're, you're wanting God's will to take over. Maybe you have a big decision to make. Maybe it's just something that you've done that's just eating you up inside. I think many of us have been in desperate situations in our life. And maybe you have fallen on your knees like I have and cried out to God to fix it, to take this cup from you, to make the pain, the anxious thoughts, the fears, and the outcome of your sin you know, maybe to take it all away and make life better again. And if you're like me, I like to then tell God exactly how I want him to do that. You know, I just piece it all out because that's just kind of the control freak in me. You know, imagine instructing the God of all creation, of all the universe, and telling him exactly how you want him to take care of your problem. But anyway, I call what Jesus said, the not my will, but your will be done, the bravest prayer ever. And I'm going to tell you why I believe that. Because as humans, when we pray and we cry out to God, we have so much baggage attached to that. We have our own ambitions, we have pride, we have jealousy, we may have unrepentant sin, we've got all kinds of things attached to us when we are praying and crying out to God, and it really hinders our prayers. 
Some of us have control issues. My husband doesn't, but he will gladly say that, that, um, that I do, right? We don't know what we're asking for in a lot of instances. We think we do, but if we, see, if we could see the outcome of what we are asking for, then maybe we realize that we didn't know really how to pray after all. I have a friend, that, um, a co-worker that I used to work with, and um, I remember her telling us this story that she was married um, very young, and uh, things were just very, very hard for them. They were, had no money, they were always struggling, and you know, they found themselves in quite desperate situations of being evicted from their apartment. And anyway, as the story goes on, she um, and this um, fellow of hers, they got divorced. And she said that she used to pray, God, I don't ever want to be that poor again. Next time I want to marry rich, I have to have money. I do not ever want to be in the position of struggling for the rest of my life, so please help me to marry Rich. Well, she did. She married Rich. His name was Rich. And he ended up being quite a jerk. And so her little thing was always, just always be careful what you pray for. Maybe be a little bit more specific in the words that you use and what you want. But we ask sometimes with the wrong motives. You know, like, like I said before, we just don't always know how to ask, what to ask. We think that we're doing okay, but, you know. And sometimes we pray for sinful things. It sounds like, no, I'd never pray for a sinful thing, but I think maybe we all may have at one time. And God will never honor that. And we're impatient, at least I am. We expect God to work right now. You know, I just got up off my knees. Come on, I want to see it. And if the response is not immediate, we lose hope. But stay strong in your faith, my friends, because God is the God of the 11th hour. He's the God of the last minute. Sometimes your desperation, and at the very last part of it, here comes God showing up, showing up in all of his beautiful glory. I know that that has happened to me on more than one occasion. I say that this power, that this prayer is brave because when we say, not my will, but your will be done, something powerful happens. We have given God permission to do his holy business, to work out his holy plan in our lives. And that is no small thing. It can be a scary prayer because it releases our control of the situation and gives total control to God. And again, it's very difficult for some people. I know that I can sit there and I can worry about something because I'm, I'm just built and wired a worrier. I overanalyze everything and anyway. My husband is Mr. Calm. He is always, let God handle it. We've prayed about it. God's going to take care of it. And he can go on and do his business. You know, he's, he can go on and 
I'm sitting there and find myself on my knees multiple times a day saying, okay, God, I'm sorry I took that back here. I really, really mean for you, for you to do your will. God's will in our lives is to do his will. Our scripture reading from John um, chapter 4 told us, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The brave part of this prayer is that when we release ourselves and allow God to work, it's not always pleasant. Jesus' suffering, his being beaten, beaten and tortured and humiliated and mocked and spit on certainly was not a pleasant experience for him. Yet we know that his suffering all of that unto death unto the, on, to the cross led to the salvation of all humans. God didn't take suffering from his only son Jesus because he knew that Jesus' sacrifice was essential for our salvation. Talk about great love. There was a greater purpose to Christ's suffering. Something way better was to come. I love what is said in Philippians chapter 2, um, verses 8 through 11. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. For us, when we say not our will but your will, it is so difficult because it is not easy to change our will. It's brave because we are asking God to go beyond who we are and what we believe, to go beyond ourselves and replace it with his will. It's scary because we don't know what's coming. We can't control it. In my life, God has changed the way that I think. He has changed the things that I thought were okay. Things that in my younger days that I thought God was kind of neutral about. But as I read scripture, I realized that, wow, you know, I guess... I guess God is right. He changed me. He has altered plans that we have made, and that's been difficult. But our timing was not God's timing. It was not his will to do a particular thing at a particular time. It's a brave prayer because God is going to work out his will in your life, and that is going to go against your will there will be some inner conflict. For some, it might not be so much. For others, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you. I pray that in that, that you have strength and grace to be able to say, okay, God, do it anyway. Do it while I'm afraid. I want to, you to work out your will in my, in my life no matter what I am feeling and no matter how I may rally against it just continue on to work I like to think of it this way I know um, all political commercials are gone now but now 
we have a lot of um, medicine commercials. Do y'all love those medicine commercials? The ones that say, if you take this medicine for your arthritis, and then in the background they show people leaping and dancing and doing things that they haven't done in years, then it's going to take the pain away and it's going to make you all better. And then toward the end of the commercial, there is a lot of um, fast talking saying that this medication may cause dizziness, may cause heart attack, may cause cancer, may cause you to have a stroke, may make your tongue pur turn purple and your right arm fall off. But understand that if your doctor has prescribed you this medicine, that he believes that the benefits far outweigh the side effects. Makes you want to rush right out and take that medicine. But if your doctor has prescribed it, then he is saying that he believes that the benefits are going to outweigh the negative effects. Well, sometimes God's will seems like a two-by-four upside the head. But he has so much better planned for you. He truly, truly does. He doesn't always deliver us from the suffering or the painful circumstances, but he is working it out to complete his will in us. Praying God's will be done in your life is how Jesus told us to pray as we just prayed together in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying God's will be done releases uh, heaven on earth. It's the way things are ordered in heaven and it allows God to work those things like that on earth. And we can be sure that it is for our good. God's will releases us from striving in our own strength. And friends, I don't know about you, but that is absolutely exhausting. Have you ever had a situation in your life that you tried to work it out and work it out and work it out? It is exhausting. We also replace our earthly limited knowledge with God's godly all-knowing knowledge. He knows more than what we know. It strengthens us. It draws us closer to Him. It increases our faith. And it allows us to witness how God is moving and working in our lives. I love how you can look back on a situation and see that God was all over it when you didn't always see it as you were facing the storm. Like the disciples, as they were um, watching Jesus go through all this, he told them all this beforehand, but I guess in their minds they, they didn't know. It's hard to think of something in the future and put it all together. But once Christ died and was resurrected and came back and they saw that's what it was, then it kind of, they could see it, how it all worked out according to God's plan after all. And a benefit is, is it takes away the power of the enemy and our situations that always lead to bringing us down. You know, the enemy is out there, we see it, we just turn on the TV and it's everywhere. It, you know, the enemy fell from heaven. Anything that he does is going to just bring us down. But God's will always uplifts. Always uplifts. We may not always in our lifetime see the benefit of what's God will, 
what God's will was on a circum, uh, certain circumstances, and sometimes it's hard to see the good in it at all. Because we see our lives as a film strip that each little square, think of those long film strips that are on those, um, those reels or whatever, each little picture is like a snapshot from our lives. And, and when we die, it's kind of like we've cut that film strip and then splice it back together because as Christians, we know that we have everlasting life. We know that that film strip's going to go on and on, but we can't see it clearly. It's cloudy because it's undeveloped. Just like um, we can only see as far as we can see today or right now clearly, and that's like that snapshot and anything about tomorrow or in 10 years from now is cloudy like undeveloped film. But God sees our lives as a continued film strip. There are no splices, there are no cloudy areas, there's no undeveloped areas. He sees the whole entire film. He has it all laid out before him. So something that began in his will on earth, we may not see the completion while we are still on this side of eternity. And for me, that's comforting because sometimes things that we, we see or that we question and we're like, God, why? Why did that happen? Was that really your will? You know, sometimes it seems kind of cruel. Just as the disciples witnessed Jesus hanging from that cross, they didn't yet see the result of God's will for Christ. Because just like you all, I've had loved ones die. We've faced diseases. But I know that I will see good of God's will one day. My prayer is that each of you, no matter how desperate the battles are in your life, no matter how uh, overwhelming your situations may seem that you earnestly pray not my will Father but your will be done don't be afraid be brave my friends because God loves you and he promises in Romans 8:28, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose I want to close with this quote from Reverend Billy Graham, and you've probably all heard it before, but it is so true. The will of God will not take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Father God, we know that you love us for you didn't spare your son death on a cross in order to give us eternal salvation and resurrection from the dead. Help us to give all of ourselves to you for your great, big, beautiful will to be done in our lives. Forgive us for trying to strive in our own power. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.